0: Hey everyone, this is Joe. I just want to jump in and say before the episode starts that it contains spoilers for the Avatar novel Rise of Kyoshi. If you haven't read that, I recommend reading it before you listen to this episode because we give relatively little context and also it's just a great novel. Also, there was some background noise in this one that I was unable to completely edit out, so, you know, be warned. Thanks, Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Borner and Nick Burdopapis. How are you doing today, Nick?
1: I'm good, Joe. I just ate a whole loaf of half a loaf of garlic bread all on my own. Right, I, I watched yeah. actually were intently. You, were you amazed? I was in awe. Yeah. Alternatively, my lemonade uh water ratio for your all too sweet lemonade is is still off. It was too watery just now. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I, I guess. yeah, yeah. One I, day I'll get it. Look, so this is a joke I've made many
0: times to you about that lemonade. It says on the box that 100% profits go to charity. And my question is just how do they how do they keep affording to make the lemonade if 100% of their profits are going to charity and not to making the lemonade?
1: Well, maybe they break even with the lemonade and then everything extra goes to charity.
0: <laughs> I don't know if this bit is working. Uh, do you want to talk about, uh, you know, your thing for uh, today?
1: Sure. Excellent. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies, but I haven't been liking a lot of them, so nice. I'm not going to talk about them. Instead, I've been also sort of re-addicted to one of my favorite shows ever, Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. uh, which is the spinoff to Breaking Bad. And I sort of did the thing I do every once in a while where I started in the middle season. All the time I was thinking about probably my favorite episode of that show, maybe my favorite episode of anything, called Chicanery, which is... The An excellent m- word. Excellent word. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the mid... I don't want to call it a premiere or anything, but like the, the middle episode of season three. Mm-hmm. So I watched about a season of episodes, but starting from the middle of season two, just sort of randomly. And I just watched it again this morning. And I the thing that I like a lot about it is that it's 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 a conflict between two characters that have always sort of been at odds. And it, it's that climax to that conflict. It's not fatal. It's not quick. And it's not fully resolved. Like the characters still have places to go. The two characters are you know, fighting. They're going against each other. They can't go back from this. It's a its its a final duel between these two brothers. Some context, um, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy McGill is our hero and he's a lawyer and he takes care of his brother, Chuck, who is, right. you know, he's allergic to batteries, to electromagnetism. That's the thing in okay. the show, which oh, is yeah. sort of, you know, the whole time you're watching this show, you're questioning, is that real? Is that mental? But, you know, they never talk about it so much. Uh, and, you know, there's this resentment between them. And it's basically that Chuck is never fully accepting of Jimmy. And that's sort of the conflict that's been building, you know, where I picked up in season two, that was sort of just, I just sort of got to one plot line of it. Uh, And what happens is that Jimmy for his girlfriend, who is also a lawyer, he does this crazy thing where he switches, you know, some documents of his brothers so that his brother screws up with a client and that client will then return to his girlfriend, which is a little sounds convoluted, Uh, but you know, I mean, it makes (laughs) sense when you're watching it, obviously. Yeah. Um, It sounds a little random, but it makes a lot of sense. So he goes into his brother's home where, you know, he's allowed because he takes care of him, brings him things, newspapers, because, you know, his brother can't always go out. And he does this elaborate thing where he switches numbers, just two numbers, the address. And what happens is that his brother is so embarrassed in the, not court, but when they're discussing the banking, whatnot, with the numbers, that the the clients, the banking clients, are so repulsed that they go back to Jimmy's girlfriend. And that's how it is. Uh, but his brother... Is so paranoid and so sure that he didn't change these, like, he didn't mess up the numbers, that he actually finds out about this thing that his brother, that Jimmy did, our hero. Right. Um, and this puts them even more at odds, you know, than ever before, and sort of puts this resentment in the light. Because his brother, you know, records him confessing by, like, playing up his disease, and then basically wants to take his law license away, Jimmy's law license away. Um, and that's what the conflict is right now. So it's it's been building, you know, for a couple episodes, but basically, Jimmy's been, you know, locked up for a bit and... Well, not really, but, you know, he gets arrested. And now they're going to, in front of the, the bar, to discuss, basically, Jimmy's felony, which is, you know, changing their documents, yeah. and whether he should get rid of his law license. And really, the important thing here is that there's no going back. Like, Chuck has sort of removed himself from being family by, by taking this this far, by taking it that far. Um, and so now it's really up to, you know... Jimmy, to def- Jimmy and Kim to defend Jimmy, and Chuck to tear him down. And that's how it is. And it's a duel in that way. But it's also a conversation. So the main argument is that, on the one hand, Jimmy did break the law. He breaks into the house and destroys the recording. That's something that he does. And he's, you know, aggressive and rude and... Not rude, sorry. You know, he's insulting. I don't know. Yeah. He yells at him. People are, you know, there is an argument that, oh, I was scared he was going to strike me. And that's sort of the facts. That's what Chuck represents. Like, the facts. Like, you should, you know, be punished for this. On the other hand, Jimmy is like, we're family. You've taken this too far, Right and that's how these two characters work that way, where Jimmy's the charismatic one who gets away with things always in the past, and Chuck is jealous of that. He doesn't think that Jimmy deserves to be a lawyer. He's trying to get him disbarred. Mm-hmm. So the intro to this episode, Better Call Saul does a lot of intros where it's a flashback, so that gives you insight to what's happening in the episode. Right. And what we get is Chuck's ex-wife, and we find out that his condition doesn't really have to do with his divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little reference to his divorce before, but it's sort of an interesting insight that this condition of his is, doesn't have to do with his breakup and him being alone but instead is you know, something different. Uh, but we get introduced to the ex-wife and he's basically trying to hide his condition when she comes over as a guest for dinner. And there's some really good writing and acting here where their chemistry is, you know, you can sense that they've been together and they know each other really well. And it, it just really humanizes him. And the fact that he's hiding his condition really, for me, cements the idea that it's real to him. At one, he, he's basically, at one point, she has the phone and he sat—he—he he has to take it and throw it away because he's so, like, dist- he's in pain from it. Um, so he basically sacrifices a chance at... Rebuilding his relationship to hide this condition that is it's just it it cements it for me that it's real And it cements the relationship to the two brothers because Jimmy's trying to help Chuck sort of you know in a way win her back And then the rest of the episode see there's just a couple scenes after that where the characters preparing for what's about to happen in the Background you have Jimmy and Kim sort of scheming and then it's you know the villain in this case Chuck preparing Deciding that he will testify and things like this Uh, and this build up just sort of slow scenes really build up the tension for the duel and then the duel is, you know, ends up being a conversation, which is great. I think most effective sort of climax of a conflict that I've ever seen. Because what happens is that they're arguing and there's tension because you, you feel that there's con- the real consequences. Like Jimmy could lose his law license and all that. And in front of the court, he, you know, loses something. Like basically the whole time, it feels like he's losing, which is another I think good aspect of a duel is that he's. It feels like Chuck is winning the argument. And then you know, basically the whole time is just Chuck you know, winning. He's like, yeah, you committed this crime. And then Chuck comes in with his speech and he's like, I love my brother, but the law is too important. And like, he's prepared it and he feels so cold. Like it's, it's just so all very effective. But you know that in the back, Jimmy is scheming and these sort of things. And then the resolution is that, yes, he's losing the argument. He's losing the argument. And then he, he brings the ex-wife back in, which puts Chuck in tension. But Chuck is like, fine. Like, that's your intention. You're trying to make me tense, but I won't up you on that. I'm going to be okay with this. And mm-hmm. The big twist is that Jimmy has planted a battery on his brother and his brother hasn't noticed for an hour and a half or whatever it is, right? And then th- that's the climax, is that, that Chuck finds the battery, realizes that he, but he, he all the time he's making it, that this condition is real. He realizes that there's something wrong with him, and everyone sees him for, you know, this sort of what he is, and he's seen that his brother has outwitted him, and he just falls apart. And the great thing about this conflict is that it's had its conversation. We've seen both perspectives, and it escalated to the point where you, you it can't return. They can't be brothers ever again, I think. And, you know, at this point, Jimmy hasn't lost his law license, but he's lost his brother. And that's it. And then the rest of it, you know, the interesting thing about this conflict is that no one's dead. No one is dead, and these two characters have to keep living from here. And the interesting, it, it just it just makes the show more interesting because you're seeing how does this conflict, this this climax of this conflict affect both of them, which is you don't get always. I mean, you don't get a resolution. Like, you get a resolution, but it's a tragic one. And you don't get a death to just end things. Yeah, yeah, so that's my sort of just rant about why I I love that show and one of my favorite duels ever, and how effective, probably the most effective drama I've ever seen.
0: Nice, yeah. I've I've never actually seen Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, but it's something that, you know, you've encouraged me to watch and that my brother Ben has encouraged me to watch, so it's something I'll probably dig into sooner rather than later, Mm -hmm. I think. So my thing for you is this game. Uh, for a game? A, a game. Are we playing a game or are you telling me about a game? <laughs> I am telling you about a <laughs> game. <it>. Damn. <laughs> my thing for you is this game called Celeste, which is a platformer about this girl who is climbing a mountain. It's um for the Switch. I think it's for a lot of other consoles too, actually, okay. probably PC, PS4, etc. Uh, and so the main thrust of this game is that, you know, it's it's this you know, fun platforming game, but it's also fundamentally about anxiety because the main character, her name is Madeline, uh, she's sort of climbing this mountain, which is called Celeste, uh, and she's doing that to sort of prove to herself that she can do it, uh, and she's also someone who does deal with anxiety. And so the climbing the mountain, the climbing of the mountain, is used sort of as a metaphor for not so much conquering anxiety, but sort of embracing it and recognizing that heal from at the same time, I think, and I found that pretty powerful and like a very healthy message. Sure. What's the game? Um, so it's a platformer, so you're jumping on things and you're dashing around a bit. Uh, she has this move she can do where she can. So her hair is dyed, um, and she can sort of use the, the dye to push herself places, <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Okay. Uh, it's like a, a midair dash, sort of, that she can do in any direction. The controls are really tight very responsive like it's also just i think is a game brutally difficult in a lot of ways which you know is something i enjoy uh and the flip side of that is is it does have an assist mode an easy mode sort of Mm -hmm. uh but it doesn't punish you for using that like there's no oh like extra level that you can only access by using the regular difficulty which i think is really cool because a lot of games you know that have easy modes they'll either make fun of you with a message that's like (laughs) haha ha, you're a big dummy for using the easy mode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they'll like take some content away from you. Uh, whereas with this, it's literally just like, okay, this isn't how we want you to play the game, but you can play it this way if you want to or need to, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just really helpful and sort of, I guess healthy for a game that is kind of about anxiety um, that, you know, it, it, it's a game that can make you make you anxious in some ways because it is so difficult. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really interesting like, expression of the concept. Uh, for me, at least. Um, beyond just like, the, the metaphor and the theming of the game, it's incredibly fun. It's incredibly well-designed. Like, all the challenges are spot-on. Um, they introduce new sort of gimmicks each level that I find really interesting mm. uh, and fun. And they never like you know, overstay their welcome or anything. Uh, there are so many unlockables you can find. Like, there are little secret passageways with them. Um, the collectible item of the game is uh, strawberries that you can find around levels. Um, those are very fun to find and sort of complete little mini tasks they lay out for you uh, to get them. Uh, and, yeah, uh, it's got this really charming pixel art style for the art, uh, which it's just really light nice to look at. It's got great coloring. Yeah, just a really fun game that yeah. I would definitely recommend if you're into that kind of thing. Sure. Um, it's I think pretty cheap it's fun yeah, cool. um, I definitely recommend Celeste to like anyone out there who you know likes platformers likes you know games with solid but not intrusive stories I think like you can play the game like if you're not into it you can totally just skip the story because um, it's mainly I think about the the platforming mm. uh, but at the same time it does have this really nice story with a great message which is pretty cool yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's my thing. You want to talk about, uh, Kiyoshi? I do! Uh,
1: I'll take the reins on this one, because I'm a humongous Avatar The Last Airbender fan.
0: Yeah, you're a huge nerd. You know all about Avatar. I know all Uh, about it. Well, it's
1: not too hard to know about, because there's not a lot of content, but I know it well. Right, I think
0: we should establish our backgrounds here. Like, I have, you know, only seen the original series in Korra. Uh, I've read, like, a few of the
1: comics, but, like, not that many yeah
0: whereas you're an expert
1: right I have you know watched the shows multiple times I've you know read the comics I've in stupid extra books and I've you know scoured the wiki for information
0: right you've also emailed
1: Jean Luen Yang about continuity errors that is correct um I'm very mad about some Avatar continuity things, but we won't get into it. Yeah,
0: actually, that's the real goal of this podcast: is to become eventually popular enough popular so that, enough that...
1: Yang will respond to Nick's emails. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have me talk for. I mean, there won't be time for you, unfortunately, Joe, on that episode. Yeah, I know. But once we gain enough popularity, I'll just make a PSA about the Avatar timeline, and we'll get it all fixed up, all patched up. Right. <laughs> all right. Perfect. <laughs> I'm glad. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, they just they just came out with. Um, a new book which is the first avatar book we've ever had uh and it's by fce novel. yeah sorry no yeah, yeah. Uh, fce who you know has written some other ya stuff but i don't know much about um and this one is this book is about kiyoshi which is two avatars before aang is the earth avatar that has a lot of you know fan popularity just for being big and cool and like this is sort of the meme around her where she's like takes no shit like oh i I, Avatar. I wasn't aware of that you know she's like you remember that episode where she right. lets the guy die it's just like hmm. that's i i don't remember that
0: episode i remember the episode where she has you know the warriors on the island where like yeah you know
1: all women warriors is a tribute to her yeah well there's uh, there's one where she in a flashback there's a conqueror and she you know doesn't really kill him but like
0: oh is that the one where she takes down his pants
1: his pants just fall. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't know. I remember. It's, that. it's sort of silly, but like she's always portrayed as serious and like hyped up by characters in the show. Oh yeah. You know, like oh she's got the biggest feet of any Avatar. There's just a lot of hype and there's a lot of like little information that we have about her. Um, there is like a there was a thing on the Nickelodeon website before season three, which is like a little playable clip, and we know like she started the Dai Li. Uh, in the show, the police force in Boston and she started the Kiyoshi Warriors, which is what you were talking about. You know, basically, she's a big kick-ass woman. Um, and there's also like a continuity error thing that they sort of oh. just ran with. Uh, well, because they miscalculated. I don't, you know, two bits of information conflicted. But basically, after Kiyoshi in canon now lived 230 years. Oh,
0: I didn't know that came from a continuity error. I yeah, I thought that was a thing.
1: No. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's so good. Yeah, it's sort of ridiculous. <laughs> but basically, like, she lived this long. She is a kick-ass avatar. She was, like, portrayed as very powerful. And that's pretty much what we know. But there's a lot of, you know, fan enjoyment yeah. of this. I mean, she also has, like, there.
0: her iconography, which this book right. minorly focuses on. Like, you know, she has these war fans yeah. and her headdress. Cool makeup.
1: Like, yeah, she has her makeup. just, like, portrayed as a really cool character. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, she has this iconic design that I think exactly, people exactly. probably latched onto. yeah. Uh, but we don't actually know that much about her. So this book is, um, you know, just delving into her... There's supposed to be two books, and this one's called The Rise of Kiyoshi. So it's supposed to be sort of her origin, I suppose. Right, this one came out a few weeks ago. The next one is coming out sometime in 2020, I believe. Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. think it'll be around next year. Right. Uh, well, so I really liked it, having read it. Uh, yeah, I what? was very excited, obviously. I didn't really know what to expect. I, I thought... Here's what I thought. I thought going into this it would be a bit more like, a longer-spanning story since she lived for so many years that, like, two books, you probably want to get right. to some you, big you wanted points. To make it, you wanted it to be more of an epic. Right. Like, a years spanning epic. Yeah, because that makes more sense to me in the book format and sort of just covering this big gap of time for this character. Yeah. 230 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead, what we sort of get is, like, just sort of a little adventure story about a teenage Kyoshi, uh, you know, learning to be an avatar, which yeah, is... Yeah, just- it's... it's- it's her origin story. Yeah. Definitely. It's Look the at rise I, of I, really, I really don't mind it. I just, you know, it gets a little bit similar to the shows.
0: Yeah, I, I felt there was a bit of, like, maybe not pandering, but some fan service to people who like The Last Airbender, which I guess should be in there because it is The yeah. Last Airbender novel, but, like, you know, they ride
1: around on a sky bison right. for a lot of the books. She has, like, you she know... She has to train as the Avatar. Yeah. She makes some friends. Like, these are the things. That I was hoping something, you know, just as, just as a fan, like, going into this book, I was hoping for... A little bit of a different format. Mm-hmm. Not that I think this book struggles from being different. Like I don't think it's too similar to the other stories. I just think that it's oh yeah, she's definitely the same a, kind of story. She's
0: a very different character exactly. than Aang yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Korra, and it's also it's mainly a revenge story, which is very different from Korra right. and
1: Aang. Yeah, um, yeah. So going into it, um, just as a little premise. Uh, it starts, and they basically got the wrong guy. book starts, and it's taking an unusually long amount of time to find the avatar. Uh, usually, they do tests for children, and then they figure it out pretty quickly. Right. But in this case, that's not working. So it's been like, you know, nine years, and then they find the avatar or something like that. No. Uh, and they get the wrong guy. They get a, a guy named... Yun. Yuen, sorry, I, I forgot mean, that. We, we
0: may mispronounce a few of the names.
1: Just because it's book and they're, you know, Asian yeah. names, I don't know. They think Yun is the Avatar, and, you know, now she's like 16 years old, but there's some suspicion that Kyoshi is the Avatar, and so one of the masters takes them both on a spirit sort of quest and finds out that... Jianzou Jian- is the yeah, master. Yeah, Jianzou. Right. Um, finds out that Kyoshi is the Avatar, and in that moment also sacrifices... Yun, sort of. Right, Yun to, a, to a big spirit. To a big spirit. And
0: Kyoshi is very mad about this. Right. She's sort of drugged at the time, so she couldn't do anything about it, but for the first time, she does go into the Avatar state there, mm-hmm. uh, and she attempts to kill Jianzu, but he burrows underground and he avoids it. Right. She sort of blacks out yeah. um, during that period, but she comes to, and she runs home, and she basically decides to run away with her friend, slash possibly more, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and she's like okay I'm gonna train his avatar so I, th- I can kill Jan yeah that's, that's, her, that's her That's her. main, main motivation mo- Yeah, she
0: wants to get revenge on this guy who not only killed Hyun but eventually he also kills uh, Kelsang who's an airbender and mentor yeah. Uh, yeah and her father figure because she is, Kelsang had you know taken Kyoshi and she was an orphan yeah. um, and you know she wants revenge on this person who had killed basically the two people yeah. besides Randy
1: who she was closest to yeah So she's sort of on the Avatar's journey, journey, but in a very different way than we've seen before, because her goal is to kill someone. Yeah. Uh, And there's a
0: real emphasis, especially from Rangi in a lot of conversations, where she's like, because Rangi's sort of more of a rule follower, kind of, uh, and she's like, this is not how things are normally done. Things have never been done like this before. Kyoshi learns the elements out of order, sort of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she waterbends before um, she airbends which is significant, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you, you know, hang vents for a little bit okay. in the show. I didn't remember that. Yeah. You know, there is a little bit of Outer Order stuff. There's, you know, emphasis on her sort of unconventional way of going about this, like, associating with criminals to train. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's little things. That is a fair statement.
0: You so. know, for most of the book is after they run away, they fall in with this um, gang of criminals who had sort of trained under Kiyoshi's parents. Yeah. Um, so Kiyoshi is sort of Neglected her heritage Because her parents were criminals And they ran like this a Small organization Yeah uh, One of the boys Who is in this criminal organization There are like You know Four members uh, His name is Lek uh, Her parents had kind of Taken him in After they had Left Kiyoshi uh, To With
1: Under the care of
0: I guess Yeah The people in Yokoya well was you know, that was they, d- d- they
1: didn't do a great job. They sort of just left her. Yeah, Yokoya's yeah, pronunciation, if that's what you're wondering. Um I was I was double checking to make sure that was the place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's sort of a conflict at first between Kiyoshi and Lek, uh, because Kiyoshi is mad that, you know, her parents took in this kid that wasn't her. Yeah. Uh and, you know, he's mad at Kiyoshi because she's being disrespectful towards these people that he greatly appreciated right. and admired, her parents. Yeah. No, um, and eventually I think it's big.
1: grow to appreciate each other and sort of view each other as siblings, which I thought was really sweet, actually. <laughs> I think that the the big special thing about this book to me is just the emphasis and the insight you get on Kiyoshi's character. Oh, yeah. Because it's a book, obviously, you know what people are thinking. Like, we know what Kiyoshi's thinking. And her sort of, she starts off as a really crappy bender. Like, she doesn't believe in herself. She's got yeah, really yeah, low I, self-esteem. Yeah, like, like I, I was saying
0: before we recorded, Her main character trait is that she has just incredibly low self-esteem. She spent her entire life being viewed as a commodity. Like, at first, when we first meet her, she's, like, serving in the palace of the Avatar. Right. Like, she is not someone significant. The only significant relationship she has is that she's, like, you know, friends with Yun and Rengi. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Kelsang sort of
0: kind of adopted her, but not really. Yeah. You know.
1: I just think that it's very interesting to read about and never repetitive and boring, which it could easily be. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's her, you know, sort of in a cliche way, being resentful towards her parents and being, like, sort of, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not worth anything, like, I don't believe in myself, these sort of basic sounding ideas, mm-hmm. but it just gets so interesting when they sort of overlap, and, and there's, there's so many, in the beginning of this book, Kiyoshi has a moment where she just becomes so angry, and she strangles someone out of yeah. pretty much nowhere, and that was a big, that was such a big moment for me, I was like, holy shit, I was like... I don't know, like, it just, it was so interesting that she's sort of this reserved... I mean, reserved... to be clear, the guy had it coming, like, he was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she's a, such a reserved, like, not believing in herself character, and then has these moments of, like, when you threaten something that she loves, because she doesn't have much of what she loves, she just becomes so aggressive oh, and yeah. so powerful I mean, some, of
0: something I noticed, like, two out of the three times she enters the Avatar state, it is because she's worried about someone she loves. Right. Like, the first time it is because Yoon dies, the second time is because, you know, she's worried about Rangy. Yeah. Um, because Rangi is worried about seeing Kyoshi hurt in this fight. Yeah. Uh and so Kyoshi enters the Avatar state and
1: that's like the, the key moment, the the first moment she has control over it. Yeah. And it, it does because because the two characters that she cares about a lot are, are killed off very early, you just you really feel the importance of her friend Rangi. Yeah. And like it and their relationship. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 just very it feels close to me because you get oh, so yeah. much insight on it and it, it, you really understand her hunger for revenge and you really understand her hunger for power and like how that grows out of her, like sort of being shy, not shy, but you know, we not having a low self, esteem low self esteem. Yeah. She has low self and how that sort of snaps out of that low self esteem. Right. It's just really interesting. And like, it's so she, cool. She's like resentful of her parents, but like that comes out as her being like snippy and like she, I don't know. she, Like, she has these moments where she's not thinking very much and she's sort of just being snippy. Like, it makes sense how it affects her and it makes sense how it all came out that way. Yeah. And, yeah, it just becomes interesting when she is given this power and responsibility, mind me, me, uh, as the Avatar, and how that changes her. And I just... Everything makes sense in this book for how she becomes the character that is, like, legendary in, you know, ATLA. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, something I thought was super interesting was just sort of the... Generational conflict that's going on there with between
1: you know these these band of outlaws and mm. between Jianzu and his his yeah. people. The, uh, yeah, actually, something I loved a lot about this book was that the, the, the bending mentors at the Avatar estate when they thought Yun was the Avatar oh, yeah. are all the same ones that had Avatar Kurok as their you know Avatar. Yeah, avatar I mean, they,
0: they were his traveling,
1: yes, yeah. they were his friends and he died They early. were his team Avatar, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because
0: Karek died young, he which was we like,
1: know, yeah. in his 30s. Which we know from the show, and it's just an interesting idea. And how they all feel that they've sort of let the world down. Right. And a lot of them are just, like, guiltily trying to put it back together, especially Jiangsu.
0: Yeah, and Jiangsu, like, the thing about him is that he is... Something we learned pretty early on is that he is incredibly violent. Right. Like, he basically committed a massacre of, like, these these pirates yeah. um, in the past, and that's something that comes to haunt the narrative, sort of. Uh, something that I thought was interesting was we don't really get a return. Of,
1: Wait, which massacre are you talking?
0: About? Um, the one, uh, the one, the burial.
1: The oh yes, yeah, the, yeah,
0: sorry, yeah. Where he forced the, he's known as the grave to Yeah, yeah. Dig their own grave. Yeah. which is brutal. very cool. <laughs> this not this novel is so violent and so brutal yeah. in a lot of ways that I really wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah, no, I, I feel actually I feel so bad talking about this book like we just described it like. Oh, yeah, no, no, she's on for revenge. But that that was the biggest twist I've oh, experienced yeah. in a while. It's so wild. You just, you're like... You don't, ex- yeah. you don't expect you and her Kelsang to die. No. That blew my mind. Everything <laughs> in this book blows your... Like, it's, like, the whole beginning of this book is like, where is it going? Like, I have no idea. And then she's just, like, become Like, when she strangles that guy, I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, then you're, like, you're in this plot, and then that plot ends. Like, this is conflict at first with the Avatar on the iceberg, and then that goes away very right. quickly. We don't
0: see Tagaka ever ever again. again. Which
1: is interesting. Because I thought for
0: sure she was coming back. And the bit at the end where like people are getting poisoned. I thought it was her. Yeah. No. (laughs) I was so sure. But then it's like, oh, Jianzhu poisoned himself. Yeah.
1: No. (laughs) Which is nuts. These books just this book is just like all over the place for a good amount of time. And then you sort of you're on track for a story, but so it's not too much. It's not like random stuff all the time. At the beginning was just twisty for me. I was like, I I did not.
0: Absolutely not was a, not what I expected yeah. in the
1: best possible way. Yeah, exactly. Like, even when she like meets the team of bandits either. Like even then I was like, is this getting a little too similar to Every time every time I was like, is this too similar to Avatar? It did something different. That's right, it spun it on the set. Yeah.
0: And also like the thing with I this is the character who I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, uh Lao Gay, who's sort of the I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um I, I I could be wrong. Um but who's he he's sort of the the older was figure. Oh. oh my
1: god, forgot I even forgot that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's this old guy who's running around with the bandits. Right. And at Uh, first he's just sort of comic relief, like being a silly old man, but then you find out that he's an assassin.
0: Yeah, he murders people (laughs) all the time. And his whole thing (laughs) is that he's trying to train Kiyoshi to be a murderer. Yeah. To prepare her to kill Yanzu.
1: It's so crazy. (laughs) Which she asks him to do. Yeah. But he's sort of the the dark side pull of this story, right? right? Because
0: eventually there's a point where he has her almost kill someone... Is a child that she yeah. didn't know was a child, right? Uh, and she doesn't, yeah. But even then, after that point, there's not really much going back because she does murder someone after that. Right. She murders Shu, uh, who's the the leader of um, the Yelennex, who yeah. are this band of
1: pirates. Right? Jeez. yeah. I forgot how cool this book was in the, oh, in, so in the cool. week. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just so it's so twisty, and it's like I have no complaints for it being a contained story within a few months. Besides, like. The idea of that, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I, I, don't. I would rather it was different than that, but like the thing that it is is great and is so exciting and different. And I just it benefits from being a book because we get these character insights. I think mm-hmm. the best thing about this book, John Zhu. Oh yeah. We get such he's a good, so, such an interesting character. He's so interesting because
0: yeah. he has like this, this focus. And he's the on, film. Yeah. yeah. He has this focus on restoring things to I guess the way they were when he was young. Yeah. You know he he, and he absolutely. There's this moment where he says, near the end of the book, where he's hunting down Kyoshi, and he says, I have absolutely no idea where she could be or what she wants. And it's wild, because he has no conception of who she is as a person, really. Like, he just doesn't care about her, he just cares about her being the Avatar. Yeah. For him, she is one more thing to collect, one more thing to put in its place
1: wait wait a moment you're, you're simplifying John Zoo here. Right? I am simplifying it because like... that's so tr- that's so villainous the way you're sounding like honestly okay, but he also John he... Zohu is is the only thing in this book it's portrayed that John Zoo is the only thing keeping law and order in the goddamn earth kingdom which but is I, so I, incredible I... to me and that's that's what he cares about. He cares about the world and no one else gets that and he, he's just going around and he's trying to like fix it by having because no one you know he needs the avatar to like make a big impact on the world. And he's trying, to, he's trying to, like, save everyone. Mm-hmm. And in, instead, you know, everyone is fighting him on it. Everyone, like, you know, he, he screws up. He can't get the Avatar right. Then the Avatar yeah. runs away from him. He's screwed. And then, like... He's so sad. Yeah. Like, they're... they're I mean, really, the first scene where we get, but he's, like, But he's, some... he's the necessary evil. That's what he is. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Like, you find, you know, you have this story about him taking down the Rebellion. It's like, no one else is taking down the Rebellion. Yeah, he yeah. killed a ton of people. Like they like, they
0: murdered and kidnapped people. Yeah. Like they they were, you know, the like Yellownecks are bad. Like, you know, Kiyoshi does have to kill uh their leader for a reason. No, I'm I'm like, a yeah. lot of time I'm mm-hmm.
1: with Jansu in this book because Kiyoshi runs away. Kiyoshi is not there for the world. This entire book she has selfish goals. Yeah. Which like for us makes Which sense. Which doesn't is the but thing. Like, yeah. Like it's really interesting and I just like thinking about those two characters and the way they are at odds. Yeah. Um, and I just, I like that it's a book because of that. And I'm so glad that we have this Avatar oh, book. Oh, yeah. And it, of course... This, yeah. this could
0: have been, I think, an okay animation I agree. thing. It's but so like, much it's better. It's so much better as, as a book. A book. Yeah. They take such a good advantage of... Yeah. As an reading. Avatar
1: fan, I gotta say, so much detail in this book, so much insight. I really like, I, I get a good feel for cities, people, the history of things. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a, even a mood of the history, mm-hmm. which I enjoy a lot. Um There's... This world feels very populated. Tell me if you agree with this. This world feels very populated the way that the world of Avatar doesn't as much. I agree. Okay, yeah, which is good a... because Avatar is in a war- war-torn world. So the first
0: thing you mentioned to me when we were talking about this before I had read it but when you were first diving into it was yeah. that like
1: you were just very into the lore aspect. Yes. Can you talk about that for a bit? It's just lots of details. Like, you know, you get the first chapter and, like, everything feels natural, like a natural connection, but it's just nice to get those moments. It's mm-hmm. like... Yuen in this book is from Makapu which is the You've probably there's an episode in Avatar where there's a volcano and there's a yeah, fortune teller yeah I remember it's that I remember town the um, fortune teller you know this yeah. there's uh, I didn't Jansu know in this time. book is a is a what is he he's a hmm? I'm trying to remember which tribe he's from he's that's...
0: from the Earth Kingdom
1: no or do you uh, mean an individual no because there's the Great, Great Divide episode where he, he I think he's a Ganjin that's what I think huh uh, but the, the, remember, there's two tribes. I don't. I can't. Never tell them. Is okay. that
0: the one where they're crossing the? Yeah, camp. it's everyone's least
1: favorite episode. But there's two tribes. <laughs> one of those. One of them's fancy, and one of them's like, like you know, rawr, rawr, gruff. Right, right. And And uh, Jonzu is from the fancy tribe, um, which is just a good little detail. And there's, there's oh, that a bit, makes sense too. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. of his whole attitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a point later in this book where someone's like, "Oh, I can't believe that they would give it to that kind of," you yeah, know. It's little right. things like that. First of all, there's little things like that. Then there's some good, you know, just. History. Like, it's good to get history on rebellions and characters. You get a Beifong name in here, which makes sense, because, mm-hmm. of course, Toph is from a like yeah. powerful bending line.
0: I mean, there are a bunch of Beifongs. Yeah.
1: Like, you know. Well, in this book, there's one, right?
0: Uh, I thought Lu... Not Lu. Yeah, Lu. Isn't, um... What's his name? We also... I might be misremembering. I think it's just Lu. Lu is just names. a
1: powerful guy okay. in the town. Um, yeah, there's little things like that. I mean, you know, it was honestly a lot of that. Lots of name-dropping because it's so far back in history, you don't get a lot of connection. Right. But there is... Which also
0: helps, I think, with the
1: accessibility. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, like, you know, you could... Maybe not give this to someone completely unfamiliar with Avatar, but someone who had, like, maybe only seen a few episodes... Yeah. ...could probably, like, oh, get yeah.
1: it. There's the thing with the uh, the shir shu, the mole that oh, yeah. smells people, which is in the show. I think that's a good connection, because it makes sense in the world. Um, yeah, I liked getting a little more on the Fire Nation at this point in history... Oh yeah. Oh uh, we didn't go there, but you know.
0: And you can sort of see not so much how they devolve into the Fire Nation that they are in the Last Airbender, but yeah. you, can, oh, yeah. you can see like, you know, how their focus on like discipline and order sort yeah, of gets yeah. them there.
1: There's a point where Rangi and this Fire Nation character is like, Well, uh, if the Avatar was trying to be found in the Fire Nation, we would have found them already. Right. And it's like, huh. Interesting. <laughs> like yeah. just like a little like spice there where it's like, you're probably right. Like you know, it's just like the, the idea—they're very ne- efficient. Yeah. We
0: never see the Fire
1: Nation. During no, Earth. no, we don't. We, but we... you get a good feel for it from the character.
0: I mean, we're mainly in the Earth Kingdom. Uh, we we see a bit of the Air Nation at the end,
1: or of the some Air Temples. Yeah, it's um, the it's an Earth Kingdom book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that's where we are. You know, no,
0: I mean, there's a, I guess a little Water Tribe, eh, mm, just a little.
1: Yeah, I would call it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I would call it. Okay, okay, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's all pretty much in there. It's yeah. Um, it's about the politics of that nation. Yeah. I just liked getting the sense... Of, my favorite thing was getting a sense of the world at this point in history and how it sort of made sense with the world that was coming up. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I here are some just stray thoughts. I love how Jianzu is just
0: like this guy who has kind of the weight of the world on his shoulders. I love Jiyanzu. And he's so sad about it. Yeah. He is so heartbroken yeah. that he has to like, you know... Do all these things? Like he he views it as this duty, which is just so interesting. Every
1: character in this book has a good background to them, good conflict, inner conflict. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's the the Fire Nation, you know, master in this one. I feel like we get very little of her, Mm -hmm. but a very good idea of what, yeah, Rangi's mom, but a very good idea of what she's about. Where she's sort of like destroyed by failing the Avatar, yeah, and like her how she probably sacrificed probably her marriage and her career. Oh yeah, because we don't
0: we don't see Rangi's
1: dad ever. Yeah, and also like, it's like implied that Jianzu sort of has a thing with her. Dude, there's a weird, remember there was a weird thing where Kurok had a thing with yeah, her? Yeah, that yeah. That was such a good little like. He wrote like a letter to her or a poem. Really good spicy information there. Yeah. Just like little like, ooh, like a love affair <laughs> from the past that has nothing to do with this story, but thank you. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know, it makes the world more interesting. Um, it's th- so good. There's a couple good reveals. There's some prequely stuff with Kiyoshi's costume, but I think it all works, and I like yeah. the idea that her mom's an airbender. Um, I mean, I
0: guess the one thing that you mentioned just now that does bother me a bit about this book is it is kind of like, it has that prequel sickness where it's like, we got a... Such little points. It's, yeah, it's very small. It's like, literally it's just not, the clothes she
1: wears. Yeah. And but it it's makes just like, sense. It's just like, this is where she got her makeup and her fans. But the makeup <laughs> it makes sense. It's so strange. It's so, you know, distinct. And the fans make sense oh, yeah. because fans are obviously airbender weapons. Like, oh, I, 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 with, I
0: like how it's explained. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's just like, okay, you know, yeah. okay.
1: You know, honestly, here's here. Look, if this took place over a longer period of time, it would make more sense that these things popped up. Right. But because it's condensed, it does feel a little bit like, like oh, it's like, yeah. Oh,
0: all of this happened when she was sixteen. Right. She, yeah. She kept doing it yeah. for the rest of her life. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Which well, is fine. The makeup makes sense to me. The fans make sense to me. But like, I think that sort of just implied but like the green clothing it's like wow like really is that the same green clothing you got me like yeah
0: and it's like you know I guess it makes sense if we're looking at this as like oh well it's an origin story for Kyoshi it's like you know
1: spider-man does the same thing for however I think that there's enough that this book doesn't touch on that like we know about her history right that you could keep Going and it, it, I don't feel like it checks all the boxes in oh, that yeah. way. It's not and like oh, like let's get all these things explained. You know, there's I mean? definitely
0: more story potential, which yeah. we'll touch on in
1: a moment. I have like a few other things I want to talk do about. Do your thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I, for one thing, I really love the moment where Rengi and Kyoshi have their first kiss. Oh, because yeah. it's such a well done scene. Because they're they both start off incredibly angry at each other for like basically risking each other's lives. Yeah. Um, and it like there's such an incredible progression that for me is so hard to write. Or would be so hard to write yeah. of like just that anger to tenderness to like you know appreciation
1: and yeah. love. I think that this book that's does so a cool. really good job. Because that's another thing: you start this book and you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be a romance between Kyoshi and Yoon." Like that's what you think, like yeah. because they sort of set up. Yeah, but then they like like they they die. Yeah, <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: Like Yoon and Kyoshi, definitely romantically
1: interesting. Right. that is something they establish but yep. then he dies <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, it's wild yeah and then they just get this thing going with like Rangi and it makes like it all makes sense and this is something we knew that she was bisexual Kyoshi was bisexual from just uh, bonus one material one of the core
0: comics mentions that, I, I believe bonus
1: material and then in the yeah. new core comic that was focused on Kurosami Turf Wars 1 we get a little like a little just snippet it was like it, it says Kiyoshi loved both men and women that's the quote yeah and uh, you know so I,
0: I was doing some wiki diving
1: uh, before... Uh, in my wiki? In my realm? The, the Avatar realm. wiki?
0: <laughs> <laughs> On the Avatar wiki. Best wiki. Uh, Avatar wiki, best wiki. And you know, something it mentions, which isn't really touched upon in this book because Kiyoshi is so long, so young, Yeah, that, you know, over the course of her life, Kiyoshi uh, did sort of make greater appreciation of people of different sexualities in the she Avatar. Tried, world? Yeah. Or she tried. That's which, what the,
1: I think that's what the comic says also. Yeah,
0: which yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Because like, you know, of course the Avatar who's such a significant figure yeah. happening to be bisexual would yeah. be like a big thing. Yeah, actually I, I like, like
1: that her I think like there's a, this isn't like her big plot, but like there's a little snippet where she's like, I'm not gonna be ashamed of this. I just like how that fits into her becoming more confident. I think that it yeah. it fits in really well. And it gives insight to her character, so mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I think this book handled that subject matter very well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very natural, and I enjoyed it. And it, it wasn't it wasn't exactly a twist for me because I knew yeah. that I knew I, that I knew that they wanted to like do that in this book to have like her like a guy and then her like a girl. I figured it was coming. Yeah, um, but if you, I feel like if you didn't know that, which you totally might not, because like no, no. You
0: I know. mean, I think in in Rangi's first scene, there's something vaguely romantic there.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly. But you know, like I feel like this book taking that switch focus would sort of be an interesting twist. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, And it's, it's just so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I really enjoyed this book. I hope they... Oh, sorry. You have more thoughts. Uh, yeah. Not really. Okay, okay. You know, I, I, I touched upon most of it while we were talking. All right. I really enjoyed this book. I think that it does a good job of expanding the world. I think that it it's just an interesting story on its own, and I think that it's good that it's a book because it's a different sort of way to get into the Avatar universe, and it, it allows it to be more adult. Which, yeah, I, I think yeah. I told you this, makes me strangely excited for the live-action show. Huh. Because I wasn't at first, because it's a remake and I don't care. Right. But like, just... I mean, just... it's
0: not that adult, it's barely PG-13, really? I feel like. There's implied um...
1: sex constantly. Yeah. Um, there's. I don't think... Hmm. If this I was just... on screen, we wouldn't be... Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, do okay. Th- do you think that if this was on screen, it would be PG-13? Yeah, something. Yeah, I think That's so. what I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's just it's definitely violent. Yeah, you get a sur- it it's is. a surprise. You know Avatar is a kid show, exactly. it's TV-y exactly. set for a exactly. long time. I think that this <laughs> this being a little bit more adult allows for sort of more character death and I I just it makes the stakes feel higher. Like I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it it transitions the Avatar
0: world to a more real place yeah. without it being like unnecessary.
1: Exactly. Or... It's not it's not going for the violence. It's sure the violence works into the story well. Yeah. And it makes sense. And it, like,
0: it, it's it's shocking in all the right ways. Exactly. Like it's I'm not. I'm not sure if that will hold up. But. Yeah. I mean, it's not trying to be provocative. It's just like it's using the violence in incredibly smart ways. I think. I and, agree. And not in ways that diminish the story. Yes. Yeah. Like you know, I think a kid could still read this. Yeah. You know, it would just like you know be traumatic in the appropriate ways. <laughs> Good. Yeah.
1: yeah. So let's talk about the end of this book because yeah, that's which we both have sort of have problems with. Yeah. Um, it's just really weird. So. Basically, Joe, you must remember this better. But, right.
0: Um, uh, so what happens is there's a final confrontation between Jianzu and Kyoshi. How do they
1: agree upon
0: that? Uh, basically what happens is he kidnaps, Rangi. <laughs> he kidnaps Rangi and he kills Lek. Accidentally, he poisons Lek right. and he didn't know that Lek would have a
1: allergic okay. reaction to that. And anymore. these things make sense to me and I was excited for the final yeah. confrontation.
0: Was it mentioned earlier in the novel that Lek uh, didn't do well with poison? Because that sort of came out of nowhere. Um, uh, right. I don't know. But, I don't remember. You know, that's fine. But you know, he died. Whatever. Uh, yeah, he died. It was it makes sad. Sense. Yeah. Um, 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 it's a good, like, motivator because, you know, not only is Rangi kidnapped, which is, you know, Kiyoshi's girlfriend, she wants to get her back, right. but also, like, this person who she was bonding with and she saw saw almost as a brother.
1: Yeah. Like, who but basically listen, was her brother. It sets um, up the final conflict yeah. well. And I think it, it makes Jansu sort of, you sort of get Jansu a little bit before, but they want it to be a twist. So everything makes sense. Jansu's sort of falling apart. He's getting more desperate, and he's go do, he's doing this desperate plan. He's going to talk to Kyoshi. Right. Heron, Heron, Heron is
0: sick, uh, so he's, like, worried about her.
1: I, I don't know. Everything seems to be divulging well, basically. Yeah. Everything is, you know, you're coming into the conflict. I didn't have a problem with this book at the end of that chapter, where it's like, oh, she's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And then the next chapter is they meet in a tea shop, uh, which... And they, they basically, you know,
0: Jianju is trying to make Kyoshi agree to his terms of, like, coming back home. Mm-hmm. Um and eventually they get to a point where, because the building is made out of stone, uh, Jianzu is sort of threatening. threatening Kiyoshi to bring the whole building down, kill all these innocent people who, like, can't really run away yeah. uh, in this situation because the building could come down at any moment. Yeah. Um, and so it's this stillmate. Uh, And then what happens is Yun comes back to life as possibly a spirit. Definitely a spirit. Definitely a spirit. Because it's not Yun, because it's mentioned that right. like he has this dark energy aura around
1: him. Which sort of makes sense. I'm just going to that... give you some Avatar stuff. Um, okay, is, there's a precedent for that? Because we, we know that when you die by spirit, you end up in that fog that you saw in Korra. Do you remember when right. Zhao made a reappearance in Korra? Maybe. And that's sort of what happened to Yun, is that he got eaten by a spirit. Yeah. Um... So it makes sense that he would be in the spirit world somewhere. That makes sense. Uh-huh. And what doesn't make sense is that he comes back out of nowhere, kills Janzu, which and then leaves. Right. And uh, that's and the then, resolution. You know, you know,
0: everything turns out okay. There's a little epilogue where Kiyoshi goes to an air temple. And, yeah. Uh,
1: you know, she goes. There's also the point where they're like, her friends are like, "Yeah, we saved Rangi." In the meantime, and it's like, yeah, well, that's is... dumb. <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, this like, just... I mean that that happens because the climax of the book already happens, yeah. and it would be pointless to like ruin the I know, but it, it was still stupid. Yeah. with that,
1: it was, however, still stupid. Okay. And it just felt yeah. very rushed, and it. This is exactly. The I mean, opposite what, of what I was talking about earlier. What
0: it seems like to me, yeah, is that at some point in the middle of writing the book, they found out they were gonna get the chance to do a sequel, mm. and they they start you know introducing new plot threads toward the end of this so that they can do a sequel cuz it feels like they're wrapping things up very quickly and abruptly yeah just the last two,
1: like the last two chapters really
0: like just yeah. the
1: final conflict and then the
0: epilogue ish and stuff. keep in mind i love the rest of this, this book yeah. so much yeah and like this stuff is not enough to break it for me it's just kind of a slightly underwhelming ending for me yeah. and it's not really
1: an ending is what it is it's yeah. it's you know a a Mid,
0: it's a mid-story Look, it's, break.
1: Here's what happened: There's a duel, and it didn't. It wasn't a good duel. Just this is. I was talking about Saul earlier, and I think that Saul did a great job. What bothers me so much about it is it's such a good idea
0: for me. Like this showdown in the restaurant. Where I the like the. Like, I
1: like the idea of bending the building against each other, right? Which I think is an effective way to build tension and bending without. Because obviously it's a book, so you can't see the cool martial arts. Yeah. So it makes more sense for the bending battle to be sort of like a battle of like will, yeah. like who can keep this t shirt and like. I don't know, I think that's a cool idea.
0: Another thing they mentioned during that fight is just, like, Kiyoshi, I think, breaks one of her ribs when she's bending, which is, like, such a cool expression yeah. of,
1: like, you know, what that would do to someone's body. No, I think it's cool. It's just that, it, you know, the conflict between these two characters is solved not only by death, but by Sort of Yuen. a
0: sex ex machina.
1: Exactly, an ex machina, but also yun. death. So basically, you know, you know, let's say God. God comes down. It's not God, but God comes down and kills Janzu, and that's the end of it. Which is right. so
0: stupid. It's it's so weird because it's it takes away the ability for Kiyoshi to make a decision about yeah. her revenge, which I think maybe is important. we'll have very to... Important. Yeah. yeah, that's very important, and I think we'll see how that plays out in the next book. Probably very interestingly, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't have much of
1: that right now, I think so it, it feels incomplete to me. And it feels incomplete for Junsu because there was no way for him to account for a spirit. Com- like, it's all about him, like, pre-planning and, like, getting at the end of his plans and, like, sort of you know, he's losing his connections in the Earth Kingdom. He's he's on he's on his last limb. He's desperate desperate times, desperate measures. I
0: think it works for me okay.
1: as an ending for jianzu more exactly. so than it does for I would like to see him an ending break to down. Arc. Yeah. I want yeah, you know, I wanted him to like break down and like be at like a desperate place. Right. Which he sort of is at I think times. I
0: think we sort of get that when he's They're sort there. of talking yeah. to Heiran
1: when she's, you know, asleep, because yeah. uh, she, you know, hasn't woken up from being poisoned. Yeah, it just feels like Well, we're going to kill him now. And I don't know, which is a little disappointing. And so I didn't like that. I didn't like that Rangi got like, well, we saved Rangi in the meantime. And I didn't like how it all happened so fast. And And I I didn't like Yoon coming back, because that was something that shocked me in the beginning so much. Oh, yeah. I know that he's Um, probably a
0: spirit, but still. I I don't think he's back in the same way that, like, you know, someone coming back to life would be back. I don't think that's actually Yoon. I think that's somehow... Something taking his form? Uh, either way, I don't like uh, it. It's not great. Yeah, not great.
1: I don't um, love it. But, you know, to be fair... Because it's such a good shock at the beginning of um the exactly, story. Exactly, Uh But the end-end, I do like. Oh, yeah. The end-end is Kiyoshi, and she's going to the air temple, and we get a reference to those tube things that we like so much. Right, those. <laughs> and, you know... Uh,
0: the, the, the bit I love is um, when there's an air temple guy, and he's like, oh, yeah... Uh, Kelsang, there's a, uh, I guess a shrine to Kelsang, but he's on a lower position than a lot of other people. Because he was dishonored. Because, yeah. yeah, because he was dishonored because he accidentally murdered people yeah. uh, at one point, and they, they view killers in a, in a lower light. Yeah. And Kiyoshi, who's gone through this whole journey about, you know, killing people, and maybe that's not the morally worst thing someone can do. Yeah. Um, And she says, no, you should put him on a higher pedestal and actually make a statue for him. Yeah. I order it. Yeah, which is great, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. and then there's this you know weird bit of setup, I guess, where this air temple guy guy is like, "Oh yes, I have an order of people who like uh, are looking out for you," uh, which was interesting, I guess. Uh, don't know where that's going. Uh, that that got me hooked. Uh, and then at the end, she is meditating and she sees a vision of
1: kurok which is great. And he says, "I'm sa- so interested." And in he Kuruk. says, uh, "Kyoshi, I need your help," which is great, so great. <laughs> what a good ending. Nice cliffhanger. I, I really like Kurik, uh, just because it's an interesting idea—sort of the carefree avatar who didn't really do his duty. Oh yeah. And I like that. I like that contrast. It also with,
0: parallels with Kyoshi because exactly. she's, she's not really doing what the exactly. world needs her to do. She's yep. doing
1: what she needs herself to do.
0: Yep. And there's, like, she's not carefree in the way that Kurik is, but she is very much focused on herself. her own goals.
1: Yeah. And I, I just I think that Kurik is a very interesting character. And I feel like the little time, little description we have of him especially Mm -hmm. in this book, emphasized and highlighted in in this book by his masters, is very, very interesting to me. And I would like to have some conversations with him, which it looks like we're going to have. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited for the second book. You know, overall, I think that we agree that this book's pretty great. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, However, Kama probably, you know, could have a better duel at the end.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. Like, just a
0: better formatted climax, but also... It is the first part of a
1: series, and so maybe maybe we're not giving it credit. Yeah, maybe the Yoon thing will be explained.
0: I think it absolutely will, and
1: I, you know, definitely Kyoshi will still grow from here. So, oh yeah, who cares? I'm so excited to read the next book. Me too. I, I think it'll be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, so, so uh, it, it will
0: have the chance to actually. Did you feel about the writing it, since it's a book?
1: I, I thought it was very good.
0: Yeah. I I really like the
1: prose here. It's um, simple, uh, but I think it describes everything effectively, and yeah. not too simple. It's not mm-hmm. like too simple. There's some things where I was like, huh. And it, before, before it doesn't, you, there.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't really waste your time with detailed descriptions of the bending that we don't need. Exactly. Like there are good descriptions of bending in there, but like books, They're you know, a bit can't do action as well in a yeah, lot so of ways. instead they,
1: so so they focus on like more interesting techniques that are fun to imagine, but and maybe also, not also fun to watch. Does you know what? Yeah, and also what's going on mentally with the benders. Yeah, which is like a very good way of doing exactly. that. Like you know, I think it's um, it works well because we already know what bending looks like. Oh yeah. So. It's sort of easy to imagine. Like we know what a fire
0: fist is. We know what. So dust, I think this is, dust
1: stepping is a new thing for this, but like right. we know what that would look like. Well, I think I think that's one of those things where it's like it's easier to to describe dust bending than like imagine. You know, like you can imagine oh, yeah. it your own way, but like it probably wouldn't come across as well. Like there's a part where Jansu Jen, is the one who like builds bridges in front. Right. But yeah, Thanks. I think yeah. this book does a fine job. With, with uh it.
0: yeah. Yeah, so... Great novel. Heavily recommended.
1: it. Heavily I mean, recommend it. We, we if you're a fan of Avatar. I mean, this... spoiled this con- everything.
0: <laughs> this conversation was more for people who have already read it. But, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> please, God, don't listen to this if you have not read it, because it is so much fun to read it without context. Oh, yeah. I will edit in a spoiler warning at the please, beginning. Please, maybe. God. Yeah. Yeah. This, this book was so much fun at the beginning for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just... I'm so really As an Avatar fan, I gotta say this. I am very happy we're getting more content. And oh, like yeah. A, you know, we have two comic series now, which is really exciting for me. Dark Horse does have a lot of delays, but this is this is just really something else in terms of, like, expanding the world. What uh, this
0: did for me was I I really want to catch up on the uh, comics that Gene Yang did and also yeah. Faith Yeah, I gotta
1: say that the comics are more like, you know, you don't get as much detail because it's not writing. Mm-hmm. So this, this, for me, was just, like, a sigh of relief to, like, just get so much content in one place and, I don't know, it
0: made me feel really good. So. Yeah, like, as a... As an Avatar fan, but not nearly as, like, diehard of
1: one as sure, you are, like, I was still really into it. Yeah. I love this book. So, no, I'm hoping that they do more books. I think, what if they did, you know, a book about an Avatar we know nothing about?
0: Yeah, because who do we know? Like, Yang Shen, Kurik, Yoshi. Was, another one.
1: Avatar was mentioned in this. It's this just great to get a book, and I hope that they do more. Yeah, um, it was because, delightful. Yeah, I just, you know, this Avatar world is so interesting and can be expanded on so much. And so, yeah. Yeah. You could, you know, go on forever exactly. in like either direction in the timeline. So I think we should. And I think they should well they're making another one, so that's good. And then uh, hopefully they switch subject matter. I don't know, I'd read a book yeah. about anything that they make. Yeah. I'd read a book about Kurak. I'd love to read a book about Kurak.
0: I was not super enthused about Kyoshi going into this and then I just like, you know, I got really into it. Yeah. So I'm I'm convinced that they could make any character compelling.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a YouTuber I watch who thinks that Ira's backstory would be best in a book, and I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. Because I get that. Yeah. It would be more adult and it would be a longer epic and give us insight to the show. I'm down. Yeah, I know you're down. <laughs> Everyone's down. But <laughs> I love Iran. <laughs> everybody loves Ira. I would love that book. Um Yeah, so yeah. it was pretty great. Glad we're glad. What's next,
0: Joe? Well Nick. I know I was talking to you earlier in the week. I said that we would be talking about, you know, food acidity, as we do every week on this show. Yeah. I mean. uh, but I think we're going to be changing up just once oh. in the history of the show. We're never changing things up again. Okay. Uh, this week, we're going down a rabbit hole that uh, that I found, and we're, we're discussing some weird-ass Archie Comics tangential shit.
1: Okay. I that... know things vaguely, don't I?
0: Yeah, you don't, you don't really need them to for, okay, uh, put good. the rabbit hole okay, on no, Okay,
1: Because
0: <laughs> really, it's not that connected to Archie Comics, okay. and I'm using it as a branching off point. Okay, tell me. So I was... um. I was looking up this show that existed, I guess, in the early 2000s, late 90s, which I think was called Archie's Weird Mysteries. It's not relevant. Seems bad. It was a cartoon about yeah. the Archie Gang and they solved mysteries. So Jughead is an awful voice. Sounds like a Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, it was vaguely a Scooby Doo. Okay, there, wait, wait, wait. there was some continuity thing about time travel. Oh, cool, it- cool. So, back in 1990, there was a live action Archie movie, to what I understand, about grown up versions of the Archie Gang. Uh, in their various grown-up troubles. I think Betty was a school teacher, Jughead was a divorced dad, a divorced single dad, uh, and it was called Archie to Riverdale and Back Again. It was a weird movie, I think Reggie is back to his old bullshit, being just absolutely the worst. I, I didn't watch it, but, uh, you know, it's something that it existed. Uh, but the important part about this, which is not related to Archie Comics at all, is that when I was Googling this movie, the first result is for a different movie, called Archie, but it's an acronym, Archie. Which is a movie about a robot dog played by Michael J. Fox. What? You heard me. So he helps this teenage girl with her problems. What? What do we What? Well, I found this 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 movie from when? From like twenty sixteen. Huh? About Michael J. Fox as a robot dog. Who is helping this teenage girl with her problems, like her job and like dating and and having dead parents. Okay. And mean girls. Okay. <laughs> That's what that movie's about. Right. Also, the mayor of this town wants to kill the robot dog. What? Why? I don't know. <laughs> and she's teaming up with, like, a, a, a burglar to do it? I don't know. I mean, th- I don't have anything more to say about this. It was just something I encountered.
1: Cool. Uh, Weird. Hey, remember that Doctor Who spinoff? K-9? Oh, K-9. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds something like that. Sounds a lot like that.
0: Yeah, I I guess so, but unrelated to any previous franchise. Unless, you know, this Does k somehow... canine
1: help a girl with problems?
0: He might. Doesn't um, he live
1: in a treehouse and the girl, yeah, he definitely does. Are
0: you thinking of the Sarah Jane Adventures? Yeah. Yeah. There was a different canine show before that. Like, Nick, I believe you have a, a wise quote for us, as you always do, to yeah. wrap up the show.
1: Alright. This is related to Better Call Saul. Gotcha. Because it's in the trailer for the next the fourth season. And it's it's a pretty bad joke. Okay. Really? I'm I'm ready. Do you know why God made snakes before lawyers? Why? He needed the practice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the lines of Joe Borden and Nick Propus. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. We would love to get listener questions, I think. Uh my Twitter handle is at B underscore draws. You can read my Webcomic Aeronaut at joebdraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Uh, have a great night.